Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. As I get used to having my Wi-Fi working again, um, time for another podcast. This one is going to talk about something I've kind of talked about before, but I want to talk about it in complete in a brief, brief, brief podcast. The Cubs with their, I I don't know if you want to call it a falling chandelier or a, a falling knife, but it's one of the two. That's what the Cubs are going to be doing the rest of this season with their winning percentage. It's going to plunge. It's going to tumble. It's going to bad. Okay, here's the scoop. With the draft, some people are upset with some of the stuff that goes on, and to a large extent, they are correct. It's really horrible that Kumar Rocker is offered $6 million signing bonus, hedged on it, paused on it, hesitated on it, waited on it, Eventually ended up getting another picture taken of his elbow. And then the Pirates said, no, we're not going to offer you that. What we offered you, we're going to offer you significantly less. And Kumar Rocker walked away. Not sure where he's going, but uh, indie ball, I don't know what. Somebody was commenting tonight, I hope the Cubs select Kumar Rocker. (sighs) There's that yawn again. Um, I don't know if I want him to. His name will be out there. His name will be an option. Um, depending upon how he does, depending upon how healthy he is, depending upon a whole bunch of stuff, maybe, maybe, maybe. But what I want to talk about is why is it that situations like Kumar Rockers or... The Cubs offered a pitcher in the sixth round a $1,000 signing bonus. It was accepted. Why is it that A, those things happen, and B, why is it, more importantly for this podcast, why is it that it will not change? Players in the draft are going to be Taken, snookered, hooked, however you want to put it. Um, Because nobody's fighting for them. Zero people are fighting for them. The two parties of discussing the collective bargaining agreement, which includes draft, um, draft spending rules, the two parties are the owners and the players. So the owners really kind of like how that works. They like being able to say, hey, yeah, I know that your uh, slotted value is like $178,000, but we're going to offer you $1,000. Would you take that? And if the player says no, then they go to the next person who probably will take a $1,000 signing bonus because at least that way they get signed and they get to start playing. It's not proper. 
It's not appropriate. It's not brag-worthy. It's none of that stuff. But the owners like it. The owners like to be able to have their general managers going out and doing absurd, crappy stuff like that and getting away with it. It's it's all good. You know, it's like, hey, it's our money and we're going to keep it. Uh, it's not that they're keeping the money so much. It's just they're relocating it to different players on their draft board. Unless you're the 2021 New York Mets, in which case you didn't have a secondary option in case Kumar Rocker said, yeah, no, really, thanks, but no thanks. Um so the owners are not going to try to change the concept of a player getting a legitimate, you know, so let, let's say there's a player with a $200,000 signing bonus. You, you would think in a normal, realistic, basic, uh, logical world with at least a little bit of empathy and compassion for the other person, if your slot value is two hundred. Your bonus offer ought to be like what, 170 at the least, something like that. You know, I I don't know what specific number, but there should be a number. It should be kind of close to what it ought to be. Kind of close. Doesn't have to be exactly, 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 but kind of close. Yeah, that'd be nice. That's not how it works. Not, not, no, it doesn't. So, um, the only way it's going to change that I can see is if the owners say, this is horrible that we're taking complete advantage of amateurs. That's not going to happen. So then it boils to the players. The players don't want to do it either. Because if the players are going to fight for something, let's say, oh, somebody mentioned one today. Um, the 6.00 years of free agency. Should there be, you know, should that number drop to 5.00? One of the really good ideas I heard from somebody along the lines is each year a player, uh, let, let's say the um, qualifying offer number is $18 million. It's probably going to be about 19 million, but 18 million makes it a whole hell of a lot easier. So let's say it's 18 million. So you have a player who has between one year and two years of um, major league experience, one year and two years. The team, per someone's suggestion, and it really makes a lot of sense like uh, Patrick Wisdom, Cubs can keep Patrick Wisdom if they give him a $3 million deal. Otherwise, they let him loose and he can go sign with whoever he wants. If a player has between one year and two years of service time, then they get a $6 million deal or else they can go free agency. Player between... You know, just all the way up. Uh, 3 million, 6 million, 9 million, 12 million, 15, and 18. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? It'd be, you know, the players would be getting paid as they go along, and that's kind of how it should be. There's no real proper appropriate reason that next year Patrick Wisdom ought to be making league minimum 
he's going to hit 25 bombs this year. Makes no sense. Absolutely absurd. But the way it's set up, uh, we'll give you a minimum league minimum. I think what is that? Seven hundred thousand ish, something like that. You know, decent money, but uh, certainly not anywhere near the you know Chris Bryant or Javier Baez or Anthony Rizzo neighborhood. You know, instead of Wisdom getting the three million, which would make sense, um, he's probably going to end up getting like seven hundred forty-five thousand dollars and. $745, or something like that. That's your offer. You can accept it or we can change it. Except you have no say in what we change it to. So we could drop it if we want. That would make, that would be a very logical way to do it. But the owners aren't going to approve of it. The owners aren't going to vote for it. And even if they were going to vote for it, they would make the own, the players give back something else. Because that's how negotiations work. If you're going to do something and you're going to get an advantage, you're going to give back an advantage to the other side because that's the way it goes. That's how it works. So, the draft, players should probably be getting closer to what they're... As soon as it went into play, Houston became fantastic at, well, let's say the first pick in the draft is worth $7.2 million. That's the slotted value, $7.2 million. You can have, you can sign whoever you want, and you can sign them for whatever you want, but the slotted amount is $7.2 million. What the Astros started doing right away, and it worked really well, they started talking to the top four guys. We're interested in you. We're interested in the other three guys, too. What we want to do is we want to find out which of you will sign for the least. You're all about the same. You're all kind of good. We expect all of you will probably be pretty good at this at some time, but whoever signs for the lowest amount, whoever is willing to sign for the lowest amount, becomes the number one pick in the draft. And then the number two team gets to choose from the rest of y'all. And before long, you might you might fall to second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth. But if you sign with us, you're going to get a really nice deal. The hiccup is we're not going to pay you anywhere near the slotted amount. We're going to pay you. We're going to draft the player who is willing to sign for the least. And what they ended up doing, because they did that, $7.2 million slot value, sign a guy for $4.8 million because he's willing to sign for it, and all of a sudden they got $2.5 million they can spend on somebody else. It's really nice for the owners. It's really nice for the owners. The owners aren't going to vote it down. If the players try to fight back, they're going to have to give something else away. And if the players are going to give something else away, they're going to give something else away because it's something that's important to the players who are veterans, not the players who are about ready to get drafted because that's a couple years ago. We don't care about that anymore. So why is it that players who have $170,000 
slotted bonuses are getting $1,000 because they can, because owners get away with it, and because the players are completely willing to sell players who are about to be drafted down the river because, you know, it's kind of fun because we'd rather make the money for ourselves. Would it be nice if it were done differently? Yeah, it would. It would. The gamesmanship, Cubs did it twice. Offered one guy a $1,000 signing bonus, another guy a $5,000 signing bonus. It's gamesmanship. But the owners love it. The general managers really love it. And for the players, it's past tense. It's past tense. They're more worried about um, bumping the shared revenue amount up from 54% to 56% or whatever. And of course, the owners are more interested in getting that 54 number down to 51. Players who are in the process of getting drafted are not represented. Neither are minor league players. They just aren't. Major league players want major league player benefits for major league players. That's what they want. That's what they demand. That's what they're going to get. Whether we like it or not. Thanks for stopping by. Be safe. Be nice to others. And... If my calendar is right, tomorrow is hump day. Have a great one.